What's your price? Let me ask that question again. What is your price? That was a younger, there was a story that I heard. A story where a individual signed a deal with the devil. And, and I think in the story, if I remember correctly, there was like the the signature was a, the devil would put the thumbprint on the forehead of this individual. You know, they, they offered him, I don't know what it was, you know, the devil offered fame or riches or, you know, something along those lines. You know, because somebody had their price and they wanted the fame and fortune and all this and that, but the devil got their eternal soul in exchange. All because somebody wanted an extremely temporary high of being fame and fortune. You know, some people say that everybody has their price. I like to think that there's a few people you just plain can't buy. Or things from people you just plain can't buy. You know, I mean, it kind of makes a person nervous to know that somebody would come up to you someday and offer you awful lot of something to do something immoral or something give up something that you cherish things are just things but still in, in the same respect sometimes your dignity is something you would give up or your morals is something you would give up or whatever I don't know hard to explain but what is your price I, I hardly ever think of that, you know, and me being a driver down the road, sometimes my mind will just sail off into something like, you know, what would it take for me to do something that is totally against my character, totally immoral, and totally against me? And what can I do to improve myself, to make myself unviable? I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you doing your volunteerism, community efforts, friendships you know I mean that's just plain investment that's investing that's not being bought that's investing into your future that's investing in your community and that's investing in your friendships you know what I mean so what's your price sorry didn't mean to make you uncomfortable this morning. Welcome to the whole Poultry Homestead Podcast. It's morning where I am. It may not be morning where you are. Or when you listen to this. Boy. On the Poultry Homestead. I don't know if I have a price or anything, but I'm sure getting a heck of a lot of eggs these days. Uh, yesterday, the most eggs I've ever gotten on this particular property was yesterday and that was 15. If you've been listening to the Poultry Homestead podcast, you know that we had a flock of 11 birds and um, that was our original flock from two years ago that we got in the fall of two years ago. And we hatched out a bunch this year and also bought a bunch from the feed store 
The dog got a few. Of course it was our favorite hens that the frickin' dog got. Didn't get any roosters. Pissed me off. But anyway, last night I went out to collect eggs and there was a lot of smaller eggs in there. Because uh, our chickens are these new ones anyway. That I, I think they're the ones we hatched out from Kate that are laying for the most part. But I also did see some barred rocks that were in the coop uh, in, our, in their laying baskets. But yeah, we're getting eggs. And I, I've, I've, yeah, I even found a great big tan one in the middle of everything the other day. Because uh, sometimes as they're learning, they lay outside of the egg baskets or lay out in the chicken run, which we have. And uh, last night I, I free ranged our birds after the dogs got a good run in. But um, yeah, we're starting to get eggs, you know. So thus begs the question, how long did it take them for them to lay? Well, they would have been born uh, on March, well, last week of March. So March 20-something, and they started laying about a week ago. There was one in there that was laying, I think, two weeks ago, toward the end of the week. But we can for sure say that most of them, or a few of them, started laying a week ago. There's a lot of them that have not laid yet. I mean, everybody matures differently. I mean, you've seen that in, in everything. Everybody matures differently. So... You know, we're just, we're starting to get all these eggs now, you know, and it's great. You know, there's smaller ones, of course. Uh, there was a big one in there that was unfamiliar, and I was very impressed with that. But these eggs, these, uh, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Uh, that, that's a, roughly a five-month turnaround. So if you're hatching... You're still getting eggs in summer if you're hatching in March. You know what I mean? Uh, you'd be you'd be hitting at the, the the forefront of fall if you hatched in April. Just to put it in perspective. Now these are just barnyard mix and uh, feed store chicks. Nothing nothing totally audacious here. So. That is pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. A five-month turnaround. So that's what you can expect if you get just run-of-the-mill layer breeds. I am, however, really impressed. We have a naked neck hen that's half Easter egger. Let me tell you, she lays smaller eggs, but these Easter egger eggs are, are the most beautiful kind of they have a somewhat a, a sky blue sheen to them. Hence Easter Egger, but that's amazing. To me, I mean that is just a beautiful thing to have in your in your basket and in your carton. We also have two rock solid olive eggers, which uh, next year I'm gonna be hatching out as many olive eggs as I can get. Hopefully they're not done. And hopefully in the spring they have their big stint there where they lay just about every day. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hatching out a lot of those next spring. I'm also gonna be hatching out Easter eggers, and then you know I mean we're probably gonna get some some breeds that that lay more prolifically 
if that makes any sense. These olive eggers, though, I mean, I do have to say, they are probably one of the most prolific layers that I've ever seen. Uh, almost up there with our California whites and white, white leghorns. They're, they hold a candle right up to them. I mean, they're not your everyday, like the white leghorns or California whites. Um, it's very, very rare that you don't find a white egg. We only have a few of those white ones, but I mean, we, what did we have, three? I think we got three California whites or two, because the dog killed one of them. And we should be getting a lot of eggs out of those too. But these new chickens, I mean, they're going to be laying eggs all winter long. So we're gonna have plenty of that. They're just starting now, and once they start, you know, they, they give her for one winter, and then they give her the next summer. But then after that, you're looking at, and the winter's gonna slow down. And in the summer, you're gonna have your, your golden times, but there's there's also going to be a, uh, it's, there's gonna be a slowdown come mid-summer from your birds that are two years old. But the one-year-olds, man, they, they lay pretty solid the first year, pretty solid. Once they start, they keep going. And I mean, they kind of slowly climb into it, but uh, the, we got an Easter egger that's uh, totally laying a lot of eggs uh, just about daily, and it's a brand new layer. So I'm very impressed with that as well. Um, one, you know, they were talking about preserving eggs the other day and freezing them on a podcast that I was listening to. I myself, you know, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I like to sell eggs. I don't like to keep them. They do have a shortage, but if you hatch out new hens every year, I mean, even just a few, even just a few, you know, if I were to get, you know, if I were to put a dozen eggs in and I got, you know, four or five hens, that'll carry you through your winter. You know, in a family of three like us, you know, I mean, we don't need tons and tons of eggs. So, I mean, that would carry us through a winter, you know, of, of good eating. You know, I mean, a few eggs a day, two or three, you know, in a winter, that's not so bad. You know, they do go off of light, but usually, like I said, their first year, they'll keep giving her through the winter for the most part. You know, I mean, you'll get somewhat of a slowdown, but not much, not much. So the only thing you gotta worry about is your eggs freezing out there in the, in the cold, cold weather, in that cold coop. So something to think about as you go and uh, you know your five months turnaround on these on these laying hens that is a really really good very impressive thing just run-of-the-mill barnyard mix I'm actually kind of liking this whole barnyard mix thing um, you know a lot of people have their solid breeds and they just go to the feed store every year and they get rock-solid breeds uh, you know I don't know. I mean, if these guys keep laying the way they're laying, I mean, and it's not the size of the egg that matters to me. It's the quality of the egg, which when you're doing your own birds and they're going outside and they're getting sunlight and they're pecking the dirt and scratching and taking their dust baths, the quality of your egg is better. So, like I said, it's not the size of the egg, but the quality of the egg. And I mean that as inappropriately as possible as far as female concerns go as well. Yeah, 
think about that. Anyway, so egg quality, you're going to get harder shells. You're going to get better shells. You're going, I mean, it's just being outside, there's something about it and being in the run. And you also lose less chickens to like disease and they become more immune to disease and stuff like that. So, I mean, really when you when you think about it, I mean, do you want jumbo double yolker eggs for everything? Not really, you know? Uh, if you're hard boiling, you know, some of the hardest peeling and hardest eggs to hard boil are your biggest ones. You know, you understand what I mean? I mean, some of your chicken eggs are the size of a frickin' duck egg. They're huge. So, sometimes, like, stuff like that, they're the hardest thing to do. But by the way, the other day, uh, some good friends of ours borrowed us an Instapot. Now, let me tell you, my wife just kind of watched just a quick one-minute YouTube video, and took this Instapot and hard-boiled eggs in it. And then she gave them an ice bath. And she goes, hey, you know what? I'm gonna see how they peel. And they peel awesome. I mean, the frickin' shell comes off like a condom off a limp dick. It frickin' slides right off. I mean, it's amazing. You would never believe how good an Instapot hard-boils eggs and how well they peel afterwards. I mean, granted, the eggs were aged, a week or two and we're starting to do that there is a few tricks to the trade though they say uh, these instapot eggers say that if you want them to peel if you want the instapot to do it best get your eggs up to room temperature before you put them in the instapot instead of being cold so what we, we've been doing is uh, we're starting to leave eggs out warm um, because of the blooms on them and, and we haven't washed them. So we're starting to leave them out warm because we're peeling off the shell anyway, even if it does have a little chicken shit on it and you rinse the egg when you throw it in the whatever anyway and you put through it in an Instapot which sanitizes the egg and sanitizes the chicken shit. You get where I'm going with this. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're not keeping eggs that are completely doused and drenched in chicken shit. I mean, I'm talking about just slightly dirt that's hard to wipe off. But anyway, I mean, wow, it was amazing. So anyway, we, we filled a freaking gallon jar with 20 pickled eggs. I put some uh, summer squash in there and some onions. And man, man, when that's ready, get ready. The household is uh, definitely going to be social distancing because each other is going to smell a lot after our after that you know how hard-boiled eggs give you gas anyway not too much other than that folks uh just looking forward to our egg laying and uh kind of giving you a timeline on just our run-of-the-mill egg lay um so if you did just get your chicks this summer don't panic they will lay eggs um they're they're slowly walking into it in our group which, let's see, you know, I, I constantly go through these numbers in my head, but I'm always wrong. Um, we hatched out the chickens. The ones we hatched out, plus the dog ate a couple. Then I eliminated a few roosters. So, I mean, chickens, I don't have that many chickens, like actual hens. 
that are of the new ones. I God, what would I have? You know, I had what 24, lost one, that's 23, lost another one, that's 22, dog ate one, that's 21, okay. So then uh, roosters, I eliminated four, 21, so 20, 19, 18, 17. And then I have two roosters, which would be uh, 16, 15. So I'm sitting on 15 hens, new hens, 15 new hens. And yesterday I got about five new eggs. And that's after five months. Sorry to go through my uh, kindergarten math in my head, but I, I kind of had to go through the whole freaking five months in review here in my head. Sorry about that. Anyway, that's what you're looking to do your five, five and a half, six months in that time range to get your eggs. <sighs> anyway. I suppose. Better get going. Gotta deliver some beers and such today. I love you all. Thank you for listening. On this episode, I'm not gonna tell you how to connect. Listen to another episode if you want to connect. I appreciate all of you. God bless you. Have a great day. Anyway, have a good one.